Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Wild, Messy, Infinite Love. My name is Eric Snader. I'm your host. I'm the guy who makes this, and I hope it's something that you enjoy listening to. Obviously, it is if you are still listening to it. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of you out there listening to this podcast of mine. It really means so much to me that you are engaging with this Um I absolutely love doing it. It is thrilling and captivating, and I just love it. I just absolutely love this form of creation that I've been able to take a part of, and I'm glad that you, the listener, get to take a part of it too. Um, Real quick, uh, today's episode... um, Sorry, I'm distracting myself with stuff on my desk. I am here. I am present. This is the podcast, folks. Um, but yeah, real quick, this episode, um, I'm just titling it resurrection. It's just going to be a really short reflection of mine, um, on resurrection because this upcoming Sunday, well, I guess, um, as you're listening to it, it is Easter Sunday. Whoo. Um, and that's sort of a big deal in the Christian sphere. So I wanted to give you a short, short, short reflection on resurrection. Um, unfortunately, my past week and a half has been absolutely bananas with work for seminary. Um, I'm coming down to the crunch time, so I haven't had as much time to write a long podcast like I normally do, and I haven't been able to get some interviews together. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed the interview that I did with Aaron and the interview I did with Kelly. They were an absolute joy to do. Um, If you have more suggestions about who a good person to interview would be, send them over my way and I'll reach out to them. Um, I'm always looking for people who are doing interesting, fascinating work that's inspiring, that's participating in the divine flow, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, But without further ado, well, let's just get into our short, short reflection on resurrection. Let's talk about it. So in the Jesus tradition that I come out of this upcoming weekend, or I guess this weekend that we're in right now is a biggie. It's Easter. Um, And I'm sure many of you will have gotten up this morning and dressed yourselves in bright colors and gotten up at the ass crack of dawn to go to some sunrise service where it was either freezing or maybe the sun wasn't even out yet. If you went to a church like I did growing up, we didn't even have our sunrise service, quote unquote sunrise service, when the sun was coming out. Side note. Come on, churches, if you're actually going to go to the trouble of inviting people out super freaking early in the morning for a quote unquote sunrise service, at least plan it so that the sun is actually rising at some point during the service. Okay, Um, liturgical church Eric is done ranting. Um, So anyway, outside of Christmas, you know, this Easter Sunday is um, one of the most populated 
Sundays in church buildings. Any church that you go to, no matter how rural or metropolitan it might be, um, chances are the attendance, the regular attendance of that church will be doubled or tripled or quadrupled. Um, So why is everyone flocking to churches on this spring Sunday? Um, You know, going beyond the simple fact of tradition or family practice, which I'm sure many people go to church on Sunday for, um, the remembrance of Easter goes really far back, um, as far back as some ancient texts from the first and second century during the time of the Roman Empire. That's right, folks, I'm talking about the Gospels. Um, So each Gospel has accounts of Jesus's life and death and, of course, Jesus's resurrection. But in particular, I really want to look at the account that the Gospel of John brings us because ultimately I think this is the one that places the resurrection of Jesus firmly in place with the rhythms of our world and our lives. Not saying that the others don't, but the Gospel of John is just so beautifully written, and I love the bookends of this particular account. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So the Gospel of John begins by hearkening back to an even older story, the creation myth found in Genesis. And in it, Jesus is viewed as have being an intimate participant in the creation of the world, where the book of Genesis describes creation as being breathed forth from the spirit of God, which rests in all things. The author of John describes it as the word or Jesus um, being the thing that from, from whom all things were birthed and in whom all things hold this piece of the divine. So from the get-go of this gospel, John is saying that the story of Jesus is an intimately known story to the reader as well. Jesus in the gospel of John serves as like this universal flow which connects us all to, all to the divine. Um, it's as if the gospel of writer of John is saying that it's all put together in Jesus because in reality, it's also put together in all of us as well. And, you know, that's not to say that we're all messiahs. We're not all like the quote unquote chosen ones like Captain Marvel or Harry Potter or the countless other chosen ones that you read about in fantasy stories and all that kind of stuff. But we all on some level resonate with the truths found within this Jesus story. Um, And I could talk a long time about what some of these truths are. I've already talked about what some of those truths are. Um, If you're interested in those, go back to the beginning of the podcast when I was doing that parable series. Um, But, you know, there are these truths found within these ancient, ancient stories. And the other thing I really want to make clear here, if I haven't already, because I'm sure some of you are saying, yeah, but did Jesus really rise from the dead? Guess what? I don't care. Um, I think that's the wrong question uh, because I'm not conflating the truth with empirical fact. Just because something is myth or fable or dare I say it, parable, does not mean that it's not true on some deeper level. 
And the culminating of truth of John, which starts with this Jesus figure serving as the universal for humanity, is resurrection. It's a universal truth that is eternal. It resurrects. It's something that can't be quelled. Um, You know, I love the imagery that John uses. The author begins by hearkening to this creation in the Garden of Eden. And this Garden of Eden is this beautiful place of harmony and peace and justice and prosperity. And then it all collapses and it all dies and it all gets buried. And then the Gospel of John turns to Jesus, who in turn was dead and buried. And when Jesus rises again, Jesus rises in, wait for it, a garden. It's as if to say that the author is saying, no matter the shit that you might go through, when we persevere in this spiritual flow, when we do the interior work, when we stand in solidarity with one another through the aforementioned shit, when we are in unity with our true selves, when we're in unity with our communities, when we're in unity with our world, when we're in tune with those rhythms that place us in this sacred flow, then even an event that seems like the entire world is crashing down, like the event of Jesus dying on the cross, that was a world-ending event for his disciples. Even an event like that can be reborn into something that is blooming and birthing new life. Even an event of death can be alchemized into life. You see, it's not a mistake that Easter falls in the springtime. Um, It's a holiday that is founded on this truth of resurrection that happens. We are witnessing it every single year through the lens of the seasons. Um, You know, summer with its beautiful blooms and fruits gives way to the decay of fall and the burial of winter only to burst forth with new and beautiful greenery in spring and then bloom and bear more fruit the following summer. Um, That's the cycle of resurrection. That's the cycle of our cosmos is this cycle of life to death to rebirth. How many of us have experienced that before? How many of us have gone through some sort of shadow side of life and come out the other side and look back and seen how one has grown, how one has expanded, how one has become more fully who they were supposed to be, but that never would have happened if we hadn't gone through that death. Now, I don't necessarily presume to understand what shadow you may be traversing right now. I don't necessarily presume to say that, oh, it'll be fine. You'll make it through. There are some things that are crippling. Maybe addiction. It may be a really terrible time at work. Maybe your boss is being a total douchebag to you. Um, Maybe it's self-hatred or apathy or any other number of things. You know, I can't tell you the words to magically transport you to the end of the journey. The only thing that I can tell you is, you know, from my own experience, that when we're present in those moments of dire need, when we're present in those moments of shadow, you know, when we humbly and 
boldly name what is happening to us. Those emotions, those feelings, those events. When we receive comfort and grace and love from ourselves and those around us, you know, when we understand the rhythms of the world and the universe itself is life to death to rebirth, then somehow we gain clarity. We find the universal truth of the Christ, as Richard Rohr and other Christians might say. You know, that universal truth of what it means to be human, to participate in community and the creative energies of the cosmos. Um, You know, this path of expansion and growth. You know, sometimes the path is a death. It's a burial. It's a rolling of the stone over the opening only to be burst through into something new and bright and expansive and a new garden. We're no longer back in Eden, friends. We're no longer back where we came from. We started there, but then we went through the path of the wilderness. We went through the path of death. And we came out on the other side into a new garden that's brimming with life and joy. This is a rhythm that we all live into at one point or another in our lives. And the sooner we're able to name it, the sooner we're able to see how all moments are moments when we're growing, learning, and becoming who we are meant to be. So friends, rest in the universal Christ. Rest in the rhythms of life to death to new life. And rejoice when the resurrection occurs. That resurrection is a time of new birthing. It's a time of bloom and fruit bearing. It is a time of joy. And friends, take heart because resurrection is always there waiting for us to participate in it. Peace and love, y'all.